0: Um hang okay. on. Hang on. Well, hello
1: uh Eric, I'm glad to see you. We were about to talk about something and then you were going to ask another question. So go ahead and ask your new question and then we'll get back to
2: the story I was going to tell. Yeah, um just now you gave the example of the cook uh asking mm-hmm. himself whether the food was good enough, and that that was uh, an unwholesome question. But you have also used the example of a wholesome question, which is, uh, how good can I feel right now? And I wonder what was exactly the, the difference between those two questions. If the cook had asked himself, how, how good can this food be or become?
1: Um, Actually, I would go so far as to say, is this meal good enough to eat? Is this thought good enough? That's what we're looking for. And often the question itself is not um, a wholesome question because we already have the expectation that things are not good enough. In other words, if the, if the cook tastes the food and says, mm, yeah, it needs a little of this, it needs a, lot, a little of that, then there's no problem with putting this or that ingredient in. But if he tastes the food and says, oh, no, this is not good, I've got to fix it, and mm-hmm. that's the unwholesome, okay. okay? The question is, how does the cook feel about the meal that he's making? If he thinks that it's a bad meal that needs to be fixed, that's different from just playing with an already delicious meal okay all right so again this is this is very subtle and that um basically the problem is is that the unwholesome thoughts are not seen as unwholesome that the doubts are not seen as doubts. They're seen like that chef tasting his food with the expectation that he's that something's wrong with it and needs fixing. To where in fact, no, everything is already okay. But when we have doubts, we're trying to improve our practice. We're trying to make it better. And that uh, the whole quality that we're looking for is to stop as if we've already completed the job. That this concept of stopping is a very important one. And the story that I had is the story of Angulimala, who was a um, basically I don't go into much of the story, but it had to do with the fact that this guy was a murderer, that he was set up and that he really didn't like what he was doing, but he felt compelled because of the uh, uh, his Brahmin teacher. And so he's out killing people to collect the little finger off of the right index, uh, right right baby finger, and made a necklace out of it. This is what they mean by Anguli Mala. The word Mala is a necklace, and Angul or Anguli, that's the finger. So his finger necklace is, is the guy's name. And that... Um, uh, the Buddha was in his vicinity and he had the idea that this monk, I'm going to kill him and take that baby panger from him and then I'll be complete and I won't have to do any more of this. So he's thinking that he's about finished his goal. And so uh, I... I don't know exactly what happened because it's not part of the sutta, but many people get the idea that something magic was happening, that the Buddha was actually very fast, that he could outrun Angulimala. I think that he was just that clever at hiding behind trees and standing still so that Angulimala would miss him. But in any case, uh, Angulimala called out to him, stop, monk, stop, so that I could catch you. And the Buddha called back, I have stopped. And Gulimala, you stop too. Okay, so this is the real quality of the teachings of the Buddha that's done just in one word, and that is stop. That's all we really need to do because why? Because the job that needed to be done has just been done when you stopped. All right, stopping what stopping the question stopping the progress stopping the um, um the pilgrimage stopping wanting things and just stop and recognize that now that you have stopped that you've done the job that you needed to do you thought the job was just to move forward and make progress and you've been working and striving and moking forward and trying to get things your whole life. And so we think that that's the way that we're supposed to practice Anapanasati. But the real point of Anapanasati is to learn to stop. To stop what? To stop the striving, to stop the wanting, to stop the making progress, to stop wanting something out of Anapanasati and just enjoy what we can see after we've stopped hmm okay that's it to stop now what are we going to stop basically we want to stop the critical mind that's pushing us forward the drive to get it done to get, be in a hurry to get it right to toughen up to be strong okay all of this driving that we have in our lives needs to come to a stop so that you can come to rest just
0: relax,
1: just
0: stop
1: warning anything.
2: I have a question there. Maybe there's another subtlety, but I feel like once you stop and relax, like trying to get ahead of the, like the impression and already like trying to enjoy without really seeing it directly, it's like uh, laughing before the funny part of the joke comes in. Would you relate it to that? Well, that way you get to laugh
1: twice, though.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In mm-hmm. fact, the, the, the funnier jokes are are told in a funny way so that they're already funny before this joke is over. No, but I mean, um, like... So that way, the joke is funny before the joke is even over, which means we can stop in the middle of the joke and enjoy that, too that we don't have to get to the end of the joke we don't have to progress our way through the joke to get the result no, you can take the I, result
2: any time <laughs> but if if i compare the like the punchline to the present moment sometimes i feel like um, what what i was telling you the last time about doing it mechanically um that uh, sometimes the, the joy might feel a bit phony. Ah, but the feeling, uh, the good
1: feelings that are phony is just another thought. That these are phony. They're not good enough. I've got to make progress. Where in fact, phony feelings are good enough. Okay. <laughs> Those are not phony at all. Phony is a, a desire of wanting more. They're not phony. Feelings are not phony. They're real. They're real body chemistry, and then the thought, "Oh, it's not enough body chemistry." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is the quality that we're looking for. This drive that we have that things are never good enough. Ah, uh,
2: so many ticks. <laughs> but it's all right. Mm-hmm. Everything is
1: already good enough. Everything has already happened that needs to be happened. <laughs> okay. I know this is subtle because we are in such a habit of mm-hmm. wanting improvements. But these are what the hindrances are. That. That wanting improvement is, that's a restlessness. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. you got to strive. you got to go someplace. You've got to do something. All right? And we can see that and say, hey, we've already gotten nowhere, and that's good <laughs> enough. Because there really is no place to go. And there's nothing to do. So all we really have to do, the work that needs to be done, is to put the brakes on, just to stop. To stop wanting things, to stop wanting it to be better, to just allow it to be okay as it is. wow. The war is over now. Yeah, I'll find a new war to start. But that war will be over as soon as I
0: stop it. So that's the
1: way of looking at it. Is, is it doesn't matter that a war gets started. But most people say, oh, we've got, we don't want war. We've got to go fight. No, you don't have to fight. All you have to do is just stop fighting. And then the war is over. There really is no war. The only war that actually exists is because we want something that we don't have, and so we create a mini war. And we have to struggle and fight to get what we want, and then we have to struggle and fight to keep it, and then we get all disappointed and feel like a loser when we lose it. And the easy thing to do is just to stop
0: wanting things. Stop wanting to make improvements in your meditation and be satisfied. But the job is over.
1: The job is not over when we're still striving to get something, but when we can see that we're striving to get something, we can stop. And now the job is done. That's the only advice really that I have for a good meditator is to stop being good
2: at meditating
1: and just stop.
2: (laughs) That's good to me.
1: (laughs) But we have to recognize that we've got that we're in motion, that we're going someplace, that we're heading for a tree. And that the right thing to do is just stop. That's all there is to it is to now what we're actually going to stop is what we would call critical thinking, comparisons, rules, standards, way things are supposed to be, and basically What things are supposed to be are the things that we want. We've been trained to want things according to how they're supposed to be. And then when we want something new, then we decide that that's supposed to be also. And that Mm -hmm. keeps giving us more work and more work and more work to do because we think that we're not good enough right now. And the answer is you're already good enough. You're already enlightened. There's no place to go. Just sit
0: and enjoy. Just watch the show. You don't have to fix anything. There's nothing broken. Everything's a toy. Yeah, I think I'm getting it. Thank you very much. Uh Uh-huh.
1: It's a subtle thing. Keep practicing to stop. That's an interesting joke. Keep practicing to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Because otherwise, things just get unloosed from the more and they're all over the place. The mind is like that. The mind just jumps all over the place. Some people call it a monkey mind because it's jumping. Why does the mind jump and jump and jump and jump from topic to topic? They call it free association with uh, important psychology. Why is that? Because wherever the mind lands, it's not resting and satisfied there. And so it wants to go someplace else when it lands there it's not satisfied again and so the mind keeps jumping and jumping and jumping looking for a state of satisfaction and instead of jumping and jumping until we find the satisfaction which is the way most people do the right way to do it is is for the monkey mind to stop jumping around and be satisfied with wherever he is because he keeps jumping trying to find satisfaction and he's jumped to the same place over and over again, jumping back and forth and over and back and forth and over and never finding any satisfaction, but we keep jumping and landing there. So now why don't we just stay there? And become satisfied being there instead of jumping to the next dissatisfaction. This is the critical mind. The critical mind is always finding something that needs to be fixed. That's what the word criticism is all about. We're critical. And we are critical mostly of our own mind. We learn to be critical of ourselves almost as a defense against other people being critical of us. We don't like it when people criticize us. And so we criticize ourselves to get ourselves in line so that we won't be criticized by someone else. <laughs> Guess what? That's not a very good plan because <laughs> we don't get criticized by other people very much. Not often, maybe once, twice, four, or five times a day. But when we're critical of ourselves, we're critical of ourselves 100, 300, 500 times a day. We get into the habit of it. So we need to stop being critical. We need to stop trying to make progress. We need to stop going places, trying to find satisfaction. Just stop. And now we can be satisfied with where we are.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, it's like uh, making the adjustment right away and then produce a thought. Not, Not think and then wallow in the thought. (laughs)
1: so it's really not that hard
2: but it goes
1: absolutely against the way that we have been trained in our society so we
0: have to remember to stop just throw that stuff out say oh I'm okay already everything is fine
1: That whatever progress that we made, that's enough, enough progress already. <laughs> Cause you've got enough progress made so that you can stop and be that pilgrim already in that holy space, that holy place. You're already there. It's a marvelous existence. We live in a marvelous paradise, and we keep trying to make it better. We're criticizing it.
0: It's already great.
1: So there's no place to go and nothing to do, and everything is just so easy. When we stop, So I'm really glad that you've decided right now to stop. I like that. It's good. Yeah. Just stop. Nothing else to do. There's nothing else left to do. Right. We've already done what needed to be done. The job that needed to be done has now been done. And we stop. In fact, the job that needed to be done, that is to be done, is to stop where we've gotten the wrong idea that the thing the job to be done is to go someplace and do something the real job is to stop going and to
0: stop doing and just relax it's not hard if you can remember Mm -hmm. okay i feel like um I got this, this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: also wanted to ask you about uh, certain, let's say flavors of experience that I get that I feel like are not directly the practice. Like for example, I was uh, relaxing a couple of days ago and I started seeing uh, with my eyes closed, I started seeing some purple circles but like mm-hmm. them, and then I, I don't know, I brought my attention to them and I felt like a different type of feeling, like more, let's say, exaltation a bit and a bit of ar- arousal, but nothing sexual. <laughs> it was just like a thing I, I, and I just ch- shook it off. But I wanted to ask you if you have any like opinions on the kind of things that happened.
1: Okay, well, this is actually kind of um, fairly well known, let us say, within these circles of people talking about it is one is looking with your eyes while the eyes are closed. What do you see when you're looking through the eyes when there is no light? There is darkness in the night or when the eyes are closed. Or actually, even in the daylight when the eyes are closed, really, what is going on is that the eyes are still in operation. There is still blood flowing in there. There is still this uh, um, uh, the rods and the cones firing on their own, and that's going to give a kaleidoscope kind of thing with with bubbles and popping and and kind of things like that. These are very, very subtle things that are happening all the time in the eyes. They're natural things. But in fact, um, uh, the scientists who really have uh, look at the eyes, saying that whoever designed the human eye didn't know what he was doing. This thing must have evolved from from some sort of slipshod evolution because it's not a good design. (laughs) <laughs> a good design would not have all kinds of blood vessels and all kinds of uh, little uh, nerve endings and all of that kind of stuff between the the lens and the photographic plate. It's almost like that the human eye is like a camera that's full that's filled with gauze, so with that what? you have to look with gauze, with um, um, uh, uh, very thin cloth or um, wiring. Uh, Let us say um, a great big bundle of um, uh, fishing line. This inside the camera, this between the lens and uh, the film or the photographic plate, Uh, the. um, Oh, what do they call it in electronics? Um, uh, In any the the electronic plate at the back that, that does the simulation of the rods and the cones and the eye is full of stuff. And so that stuff can actually interfere with vision. But the mind crea- cor- corrects for that. But there's still a lot of stuff going on in the eyes, even though the eyes are closed. The same thing was true with hearing. And that people talk about a ringing of the ears or uh, uh, tinnitus or something like that, that basically the ears are functioning. Even when there's no sound. And so you can hear the ears functioning and the functioning of the ears sounds like a kind of ringing. Just like you can see those things in the eyes. Guess what? These are maybe nice toys to play with, but that's all they are. It's just toys. It's just looking at the way that the human body is manufactured or put together. Nothing to it
0: hmm
1: okay okay so just so play then, with it yeah if you want or you can just ignore it because it's there all the time then we got better things to do like stopping thinking about what are my eyes doing <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah there's uh, we need to turn that doubt and that worry and that frustration and that trying to get stuck into just curiosity. Oh, let me just look. Let me stop mm-hmm. and look. Let me stop and enjoy the show. Let me stop and watch what's going on, which means basically we're coming out of the mental process into the sensory process to take things in with the eyes and just keep taking things in with the eyes. Rather than taking things in with the eyes and then thinking about it and trying to make sense out of it, we just enjoy the show. An example of that would be like uh, reading a murder mystery. That everyone who reads a murder mystery um, plays a game with the author of who done it, who did it. You know, who done this thing? And that the job of the um, reader is to figure out who done it before the end of the book where the the author reveals who done it. But another way of reading the book is to not be concerned with who done it, just be interested in reading the book. And then when we're at the end of the book, we're kind of surprised and pleased. Now we know what happened. But ultimately, because we don't have that desire to figure it out before it's revealed, to play the game with us, that when we recognize that we're just playing a game, then we might, in fact, just stop reading those murder mystery novels because they don't really mean anything. (laughs) They're not fun to they're not fun to read if you're not playing the game with the author of figuring out who did it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Then, in fact, quite a number of books are good in the beginning, mediocre in the middle and fall (laughs) apart at the end they just i mean there's nothing there to it because the author did all the good stuff in the beginning and then he had to finish the book to get it published and it's a piece of crap Mm. carlos castanata's books were like that Mm. they were really good in the part of the book but by the end of the book oh boy (laughs) why am i reading this Uh, so this is another way of looking at it, that we don't have to figure things out. We can let things unfold on their own, and we just enjoy the unfolding. We don't have to go figure things out. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about what happened.
0: We don't have to figure it out. We could just enjoy
1: We could be curious, but we don't have to need to find the answer. That's what real doubt is, is uh, but we contain the doubt into curiosity by adding joy to it. Oh, it really doesn't matter whether I figure it out or not. Let's just go inspect. Let's just go figure it out. Let's not worry about it. So again, stop
0: the worry. And just investigate. Just look.
1: So you can look at the the eyes when the eyes are closed. You can listen with the ears when there's no sounds. That's part of the cone of what is the sound of one hand clapping? It's the sound of silence. Silence has its own sound. Spoiler. Just like darkness has its own view.
0: And so this is
1: the major teaching today is, is that we don't have to make progress. We don't have to figure it out. We just enjoy it without knowing. In our society we've been taught to know, you gotta know, you gotta answer the questions, you gotta take the test. You got to perform. You got to keep doing. You got to keep proving that you know it. Now we can stop. You're already okay. You don't have to pass any tests. You don't have to know any answers on the test. You can just enjoy
0: taking the test. (laughs) <laughs> so let's leave
1: this at this and we'll um, just let you sit and enjoy because there's no place to go and there's nothing to do so let's just stop <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: See ya. See you